Have you been thinking about wanting to start your own podcast? When I was trying to get the Evan Witt show off the ground, trying to find where to go, I had a lot of questions and trying to figure it out. And Anchor was the place to go. Easy to start, easy to use, and it's free. And you can get your podcast heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other great places that people like to listen. The answer, again, is Anchor. And I love using Anchor as it's extremely easy and simple and free to use. If you want to join me with Anchor on your podcast, then go to anchor.fm slash start and join me and the diverse community of all the podcasters that Anchor has to offer. I enjoy and cannot wait to start hearing your first podcast. That's anchor.fm slash start. It is Saturday, November 3rd, and this is the Evan Witt Podcast. It is Saturday afternoon, 2.38 p.m. Uh, Wisconsin time, and uh, lots going on in the world of Wisconsin sports, most notably the, most notably the Green Bay Packers. Very interesting, uh, very busy week for Green Bay, and I'm going to touch on all that. I'm going to talk about my thoughts on the Packers and Rams matchup with the Packers lost by 2, 29-27. Going to talk about the aftermath of that game where we saw the usual quiet Packers at the trade deadline for the NFL active by shipping two guys away for draft picks, one of them very instrumental in the Packer uh, loss to the Rams. Going to talk about the Packers, Patriots, and most notably Rodgers and Brady starting against one another for just the second time in their careers and playing against each other for the third time. Most people forget about 2006 when Rodgers came in for a hurt Brett Favre and faced the Patriots. The things did not go well for Rodgers that day. Things went much better in 2014 for uh, Aaron Rodgers against the Patriots, getting that victory. And in 2010, the only other time the two teams matched up, Rodgers did not play due to a concussion suffered the week prior against Detroit. So I'm going to talk about Rodgers versus Brady and the love fest both teams have, uh, both players have had for each other all week. Uh, WWE Crown Jewel and WWE Evolution both took place uh, since my last last podcast. I'm going to give my thoughts on some of the outcomes there and. You know, I do talk a little bit of wrestling, not a lot, but I do have a couple of things I need to talk about regarding Crown Jewel. Um, um, Evolution, not so much. Uh, I think it was a great pay-per-view, but oh, anyway, I'll get to that in a minute. But the Evan Witt Podcast is brought to you by Strong Enough Fitness. If you are looking to get into shape before the holidays start, before the end of the year, now is the perfect time to do it. You can get any of the challenge packs or performance packs that WW I mean that, that Beach Body has to offer um, for uh, on sale this month. No excuses. You can get started. And here's the thing if you're not satisfied after 30 days, you can ship it back and get a full refund. And I'm looking for some people that want to get on the fitness bandwagon and shed some pounds between now and the end of the year. There's still plenty of time to do it. Um, since July, I've dropped 20 pounds. Uh, I gained a bunch of weight back uh, towards the tail end of 2017 and for parts of 2018. But since July, I'm down 20 pounds. I'm getting back to where I want to be 
weight-wise, and I'm uh, gaining some muscle, and I've done that with some great workout programs and lifting programs that Beachbody has to offer. They also have dance programs. They have uh, hit programs. You name it, you can do it, and you're going to get great results. And if you want to learn uh, more, shoot me an email at coachevan66 at gmail.com. Shoot me an email and let me know what you think uh, and what you want to do between now and the end of the year. The only thing stopping you from achieving your goals is you. So let's get started and join me and let's lose some weight. So first thing I want to talk about Green Bay Packers. That's what I'm going to start with. The Green Bay Packers lose to the Los Angeles Rams 29-27 last Sunday, a game where the Packers pretty much looked like they had control um, for a good chunk of the game. Um, they Rodgers looked sharp going 18-30 for 286 yards. Aaron Jones had 12 carries for 86 yards and a touchdown, averaging 7.2 yards per carry. Devontae Adams uh, dominating as usual. Marquez Valdez-Gatling uh, Valdez-Gatling uh, had a big catch, uh, touchdown catch and a deep ball. And Jimmy Graham had a big catch that set up the Jamal Williams uh, touchdown run that initially put the Packers up 7 to nothing. But really, ultimately, the Packers have nobody to blame for losing this game but themselves. To me, the defense played a great game. Clay Matthews probably played the best game he has in years. He was all over the place. Yes, he did struggle in coverage a little bit, but overall, Matthews was all over the place. Jari Alexander showing why it was a a great choice to pick him in the first round. He had five pass defenses, um, and he just was playing great football all game long. Um Whitehead did decent. Martinez played well. But when it came down to it, the Packers couldn't finish drives. And they couldn't get the Rams off the field late in the game when it mattered most. Um, you know, the Packers got outgained 416 to 359. But overall, they didn't give up the big play too much. Um, but they just, as I said, they couldn't, they couldn't capitalize when it was needed. The first drive of the game, the Packers drive right around mid past midfield. The Packers have a third and two. They ran the ball pretty much to get to that point. They try to throw it. Rodgers gets sacked. They get forced to punt. The third drive of the game, they drive down the field with at ease once again. <clears throat> they get stopped late in the drive. They get forced to kick a field goal. It could have easily been 21 nothing, 17 to uh, nothing at halftime. Instead, we have it. Um, 10 to 8. And why was it 10 to 8? Well, the Packers uh, forced a punt. The Rams punted it. And former Packer Sam Shields downs the ball inside the one-yard line. And then the Packers decided to run a dive play right up the middle. No fullback. And Brian Bulaga does not pick up a block. And Mark Barron tackles Jones, Aaron Jones in the end zone for a safety. And up until that point, you know, early in the game, the Packers used Aaron Jones a lot. Then they went a couple drives in a row, didn't use him at all, and guess what? Packers didn't move the ball. So they put Aaron Jones back in the game for this drive. Um, and the, it would have been towards the end of the second quarter. Um, they 
put him in for this drive. Short yardage situation, and he gets stuffed in the end zone. Now, I don't know what Mike McCarthy's thoughts are in using Aaron Jones, but this was a situation you should have used Williams. He is your your bruiser back. He's your bigger back. You should uh, run him up the middle um, rather than Aaron Jones. So that that's my thought there. So, but this is a game. The Packers beat themselves ultimately, and then Ty Montgomery Packers down by two after they forced the Rams to kick a field goal um, late in the late in the fourth quarter. They forced the Rams to kick a field goal. And the Packers are going to have about 2-0-3, I believe, left in the game to try to drive to win the game. And Ty Montgomery takes it about three yards deep in the end zone and fumbles the ball, recovered by the Rams, and the Rams are out the clock. And all Ty Montgomery had to do, just down it, just down it in the end zone, and the Packers have a chance to win. Instead, he takes it out. He fumbles the ball. Even if he didn't fumble the ball, they he took it under the two-minute warning, which the Packers are looking to get a play in before the two-minute warning. Instead, he took it out of the end zone. They couldn't, and like I said, even if they didn't fumble, they don't get the play before the two-minute warning, and they got one timeout left and under two minutes to go, rather than over uh, just over two minutes to go, a timeout plus the two-minute warning, getting the ball at the 25. So, not a smart play by Montgomery. And then speculations came out after the game, the time Montgomery threw a little tam- tantrum on the sideline because he got taken out of the game, threw a little tantrum, and then possibly would go uh, it, uh, uh, anonymous source uh, player on the team so it seemed that he was going in business for himself because he was pissed off that he got benched earlier in the uh, in the game. Oh, you know, I've always liked Ty. I've always liked Ty Montgomery, but if that is the case, wow! You know, it, it, it's just wow. Football, you ride the hot hand, and Ty Montgomery was not having a good game on Sunday. He missed a key block that led to a sack, a uh, blitz pickup. Um, he d- was not running the ball effectively at all. He wasn't catching the ball of the backfield effectively at all. Ultimately, Ty Montgomery was useless on Sunday. Aaron Jones was the hot hand, and they rode Aaron Jones for 12 carries and <clears throat> two catches that went nowhere. You know, he gave Aaron Jones four, uh, 14 touches. That was the hot hand. Then you also had Jamal Williams, who is more of your uh, your your bruiser between the tackle guy, and they you know ultimately what the Packers should do is just flip flop those two back and forth running the ball. But you know, Ty Montgomery they they weren't. Ty Montgomery ended up getting two carries for six yards and one catch for two yards, and like I said, he gave up a a key key block that led to a sack and then that fumble, and then the Packers lose by two. So now I'm going to move into the trade deadline. The Green Bay Packers, usually very quiet at the trade deadline, they 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 then trade HaHa Clinton Dix for a fourth round pick, and then Ty Montgomery for a 2020 seventh round pick. Sent them packing. So a couple things that stand out to me: a few weeks back, Clinton Dix, um. 
came out and said he was not expecting to be back in Green Bay next year. You know, the writing's on the wall. They're not bringing me back. I know how they do business here in Green Bay. That ruffled a lot of feathers, especially it looks like in the personnel room. And then after Tom Montgomery's boneheaded play and then his uh, integrity being questioned and then him questioning um, the integrity of his teammates, stating that he doesn't know if he can trust the locker room anymore after he got called out for his boneheaded play, he gets shipped away. So to me... It looks like Brian Gutenkust wants to form the roster in his own way, and he saw two potential locker room issues in Clinton Dix and Ty Montgomery. He sent them packing. He saw a locker room issue in Demarius Randall, and he sent him packing for a uh, backup quarterback. Um, Gutenkust wants the locker room to be his way. And if you're going to be a malcontent, potentially, I'm not saying Clinton Dix was, not saying Montgomery was, but that's how it was kind of coming across with some of their comments, you're going to get shipped away. He wants to build the roster his way. But, you know, and the Clinton Dix wasn't, a, to me, is not a huge loss. Yes, the safety room in Green Bay is not great. Um, very little talent in that safety room. And there is very little talent in that safety room with Clinton Dix, too. He took poor angles. He did not want to hit. He did not want to tackle. And he made some interceptions, yes, but they were mostly he was in the right place at the right time. So he's in the last year of his contract. He leaves. You're likely going to get a third or fourth round contemporary pick in the 2020 draft. Or you trade him now and get a fourth round pick which you can package to move up in the draft because they have two first-round picks. Now they got two fourth-round picks, and you know they have some capital they can move around to try to trade up in the draft if they choose to do so. They can do that now. Also, it frees up cap room. It frees up uh, uh, some cap room. I believe I, I read that they're going to be closer to $10 million under the cap now after the trades. And that's money if they don't use, they can carry over into next year where they're already projected at about 40 or $50 million under the cap. And that's without the cap increasing. Who knows if it's going to increase or not. But they're looking at probably almost close to $60 million in cap space that they can play around with. So Brian Gutenkust is likely going to spend a lot of money in the offseason to shore up some depth issues in this, in this roster that Ted Thompson, in my opinion, neglected in the tail end of his career. I talked about it a lot last year. I talked about it a lot the year before. Talked about it on a podcast I used to do called the Red Light Sports Ramble that Ted Thompson's drafts have been, had been horrible pretty much since that, after that Super Bowl win. There are a lot of guys that were no longer on the team. Either he let them go too soon, Micah Hyde, Casey Hayward, or he had no business drafting altogether, Kyrie Thornton, um, as an example of that. So now the articles are coming out by the Packer beat writers and members of the media kind of questioning Ted Thompson's drafts over the last several years. And I've been banging that drum for a while. And it was because of Ted Thompson's drafts, which now have only, I believe, 2013 to 2016, there's only three guys left on the team. Uh, Bakhtiari uh, is one of them. And, you know, and there are good, you know, talented players he still has on the team. But, you know, Ted Thompson did not shore up areas of this team that needed shoring up. And his philosophy was typically. 
I am going to um, sign an uh, undrafted free agent to try to shore up that spot. And unfortunately, it never worked out. So David Bakhtiari, Corey Lindsay, Devontae Adams are the only players left from the 2013 through 2015 draft class. Only players left on the active roster. Jake Ryan, yes, he's there, but he's on the IR, so he doesn't count. Yeah, that was the Packers uh, draft uh, draft between those three years. And that's really, and you can go back to 2014, I mean the 2012 draft too, those are supposed to be filling up the depth of your team, but there's really nobody left on the roster. So, Gutenkus has a lot of work to do to shore up the the uh, the holes that this roster has. The Packers are not a Super Bowl contending team right now. They're a playoff contending team as long as they have Aaron Rodgers, but they're they're not. They don't have the depth at. Uh, at the, on this team, on this roster, to make that push. The safety position is weak. The edge rushing position is weak. The depth on the offensive line is weak. So now Gudenkus is looking to shape the roster in his image, which he did a, started this past offseason where his first draft is looking, excuse me, quite talented as his two first, uh, first and second round picks are uh, contributing quite a bit. And Ted Thompson's final draft is looking quite good so far, too, with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams um, playing, uh, you know, pretty well as well. And so, yeah, but part of the reason why you had to get rid of Clinton Dix, long story short, he was starting to become a locker room issue, it seemed like. He wasn't going to resign. He already said so. So you move him, get an extra draft pick, get some more cap room. You move uh, Ty Montgomery because he'd lost the trust in the locker room. He even said he couldn't trust his locker room. And it, now the Packers don't have any excuses not to give Aaron Jones a ton of carries. They have no excuses now. It should be the Aaron Jones show with Jamal uh, with with Williams uh, spelling uh, Jones from time to time. That's what it should be moving forward. So, Tom Montgomery gone, Haha Clinton Dix gone, now the Packers have to go into Fox Brewer, Brewer uh, in New England to play the New England Patriots on Sunday Night Football, and we're going to get Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady, and it's, they're not going to go against each other head-to-head, they're not on the field at the same time, it's basically Tom Brady versus the Packer defense, and Aaron Rodgers versus the, uh, the Patriots defense, which defense is going to make a big play to stem the tide of these two once-in-a-generation type quarterbacks. And they both had a lot of great things to say about one another. Tom Brady praising Aaron Rodgers, saying that Rodgers has more, is more talented than he is. And uh, Rodgers saying that Brady's champ, five championships speak for themselves. And that, that ends the conversation uh, to who the GOAT is right there. A lot of great things to say. And yes, Aaron Rodgers, from a pure talent standpoint, is the better quarterback between the two. He can do things with his arm and his legs that Tom Brady could never do. But Tom Brady is a an incredible talent who knows how to run the offense, who is a student of the game, who knows where to put the ball, knows what the defense is trying to do to him before the defense even does sometimes, I think. 
and that's where Tom Brady went. He he's a he's a surgeon in, in there. Rodgers is more of the athlete. Could beat you with his legs, beat you with your, his arm. He's also very intelligent quarterback. And I think if you were to swap roles, I think we see the Patriots and no disrespect to Tom Brady offensively. I think the Patriots are even more dangerous, especially with Rodgers, with Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick. And I think McCarthy continues to look good because he's got another Hall of Fame quarterback underneath him. But this should be a great quarterback matchup. I see both quarterbacks putting up incredible numbers. If you have either of them on your fantasy team, you do not rest either of them. The Packers defense and the the Patriots defense are not going to look good once whatsoever on Sunday night. They're not. They're not. They're just not. Neither team gets a great pass rush. Um, and both quarterbacks are going to expose uh, mismatches to put up a lot of points on the board. And like I said, it's going to come down to which defense can make a play when time matters most. And I think the Packers have the personnel to be the defense that makes that play when it matters most. Clay Matthews, Jari Alexander, Josh Jackson. I think Josh Jones could step up and have a big game. Um, I just think they have more potential playmakers. Kenny Clark, Mike Daniels. I think that's what it'll come down to. And I think I could see Jari Alexander either making a huge rookie mistake because Brady and Belichick puts them in a bad position or I see him coming up with a huge play that turns the tide of the game, such as an interception, maybe a pick six even, you know, takes it in for a touchdown that ends up being the swinging point of this game. I expect Aaron Jones to have a huge game, a lot of carries, a lot of touches overall. And I think Valdez Scantling and Ekmenia St. Brown could have a big game. I think Belichick is going to focus his attention to stop and slow down Adams and Graham. And I think that's going to free up Valdez Scantling and St. Brown, who should see significant playing time with Geronimo Allison doubtful for the game. Randall Cobb could do some damage out of the slot, but he is questionable. His hamstring still giving him some issues. So I think those two rookies are going to be the ones that end up being the uh, game changers on offense. So I think the Packers get the win. Packers are five and a half point underdogs last I saw. I think the Packers get the win. I think they win a high scoring game. It's going to be similar to Kansas City, New England a couple weeks back. And I think the Packers find, get the win 38 to 35. I think Crosby uh, kicks a game winning field goal at the end. And Brady's going to be sitting on the sidelines when Rodgers... Like a uh, like a surgeon carves up the Patriots defense to put the Packers in position to win. My my uh, key players of the game: Aaron Rodgers, obviously, Jari Alexander, Aaron Jones, Valdez Scantling, Saint Brown. Those are my key guys that I think are going to have big impacts in this game. So, moving on, um, Greg Jennings had some usual stupid things to say. Uh, questioning Aaron Rodgers and his leadership. He told a story on The Herd regarding uh, (laughs) Rodgers telling the 49ers uh, corner, Carlos Rodgers, when Greg Jennings and him were talking, apparently Rodgers was asking uh, Jennings why he was running some basic routes when he should be the focal point of the offense. Aaron Rodgers overheard this and then said, you know, you should go. You should try to get him this offseason. 
I don't know if that happened or not. I'm sure Carlos Rogers uh, is probably, his phone's probably blowing up for people trying to confirm or deny, you know, if this happened or not. And even if it did, Rogers likely joking. Probably, you you know, being a jokester in his, in his way, trying to mess with Carlos Rogers a, l- a little bit. Or he's trying to tell Jennings to basically shut up and let's focus on what we're trying to do here. It wasn't a case of Rogers being a bad teammate. So, moving on. WWE, first of all, Evolution, I think, went great. I think the Becky Lynch and Charlotte match should have been the main event. But that w- that was an incredible match. And I think... It took a while for the energy to come back in the main event, which was Ronda Rousey and Nikki Bella, which ended up being a great match, too. Nikki Bella surprisingly helped carry Ronda Rousey, who's still green in the ring, in the WWE ring, to a, good, a really, really solid match. But I still think Becky Lynch and Charlotte should have been the main event with Becky Lynch getting the win. Now moving on to Crown Jewel. A couple issues I had with Crown Jewel. First, it should not have been in Saudi Arabia. The issues going on with them murdering a U.S. journalist, allegedly, the government, with uh, the their track record with women's rights, and it was a week after a groundbreaking pay-per-view in Evolution, where it was an all-women's WWE pay-per-view. First time WWE has done that. And then just some of the matches that they had happen is the fact that they uh, put the belt back on Brock Lesnar. They had him beat Braun Strowman. Put it back on Brock Lesnar. And I, I know they had to scramble with uh, Roman Reigns battling leukemia, having to give up the title. I get they had to scramble. But I think putting it on Braun Strowman would have been the better choice. So now Survivor Series, are probably going to see AJ Styles versus... Uh, Brock Lesnar once again, which was a good match last year. But I would have rather seen a different match. But now we get Lesnar part-time, show up once every few months champion. Again, devaluing the Universal Champion. And then the best in the world match. Shane McMahon beats Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler, great talent in the ring. This is a tournament that it would have been perfect for him to win. And he would have done a great job talking about winning the best in the world tournament nonstop. He was a great choice to win this tournament, but instead, they put the belt, they put the uh, the the champ, the best in the world cup, and to give it to Shane McMahon, replacing the allegedly hurt Miz. Um, I don't know if the Miz was legitly hurt or not. But he replaces the allegedly injured Miz, and he beats Dolph Ziggler. To me, that was a joke. It was a joke. It was a joke that they put it on Shane McMahon. It was a joke. That's all I got to say to it. It should not have been in Saudi Arabia to begin with. They should have pulled it out of Saudi Arabia after last year's Greatest Royal Rumble. But Vince McMahon, as usual, it's all about the money. He gets great money from w, uh, from Saudi Arabia to do this here. And he decided to have his son win the best in the world uh, t- cup. So with that said, um, as I talked about before, 
I am uh, looking for people that are looking to get healthy and lose some weight before the end of the year. Now is the perfect time to do that. November is here. It's November 3rd. Uh, No excuses. You can get great deals on some great workout programs that are proven to work. Great supplements that are proven to work. And I am living proof that they work. And if you are interested in getting healthy and losing some weight between now and the end of the year, shoot me a message, coachevan66 at gmail.com. With that said, I will get back at you all later in the week. I'm working on trying to get some guests on the show, and I will let you know uh, later when that next episode is coming out. I will talk to you all later, and I hope you all have a great weekend, everybody.